This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know, the stock market is always doing, doing what it's always done, right? It goes up, it goes down, it goes sideways. But I tell you what, navigating the stock market as you're heading into retirement can be quite a challenge. So on today's show, we're going to outline a few ways that you can protect yourself if there's a market correction or, or God forbid, a crash coming up. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary, an investment advisor representative. He is an independent and uh, so much more, 30-plus years in the business helping folks. Um, hey, Kevin, how's things? Things are great. It is a beautiful time of year out here in Arizona. Well, yeah, this is like the perfect time for you, right? Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, you know, the, we're in the 80s during the day and 50s at night. It's, it's beautiful. Beautiful yeah. weather out here. Yeah. Winter really stinks for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. So, guys, uh, uh, you know, the beauty of the podcast is that you can be outside and you can listen to it on your phone or anywhere you like. Sure. So I you like don't it, have too. To be, you don't have to be inside. Right. Exactly. Or in your car, for that matter. That's right. Exactly. Anytime, 24-7. Sure. So, you know, you talk about uh, what doing what the market does. We were talking a little bit off the air about the market this week, and it's been a pretty good week for the market. And um, and I know we're going to get a little more specific on that. But um, so a correction, uh, a crash, I mean, we don't want to deal with that, um, but we have to be ready. And so... As we look at this and as we get close to retirement, if we're going to retire in the next year or so, how, how do we mm -hmm. protect ourselves from potentially what, what could happen? I mean, it could happen anytime, but it how could. do we do it? You, you know what? There's really a lot of, there's several steps you can take and it all depends, you know, on exactly how much protection you want. You know, in other words, are you, are you trying to totally avoid a loss if the market sells off or would you be, you know, would you be okay you know, if the market dropped 30%, if you only lost, let's say 15%. So, so the first thing we need to do is figure out exactly what we're trying to protect and how much, how much risk we're comfortable with things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that we can do it. Um, you know, and the reason we're bringing this up guys is uh, just to, just to go over a little bit, what we, what we haven't actually talked about in the show for quite a while, Steve, is something called sequence. Uh, it's called sequence risk or sequence of returns risk. Right. And, and that has to do and, and, and guys, you, anybody listening, if you're not familiar with it, by all means, give me a call. Let's talk um, or, or f find out a way to research it on your own because it's a very important concept. And, 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 it, and it's a really simple, you know, generally, is if you think about yourself as being a retiree and let's say you decided to retire the end of 1999 and you had all your money in the stock market. And, and because you felt good about it, because the 90s were fantastic, right? I mean, I, I remember I could offer a 7% guarantee uh, in the early 2000s. And I can't tell you how many people told me, what am I crazy? Why would I do that? I can make 20% in the stock market. And, and so, but imagine if you retired at the end of 99, you had your money in the stock market. And then in 2000, you get a good, good couple of months, I think all the way through maybe March or April. And that's when the market peaked and we started to go down and the markets went down for the next two and a half years. Wow. And so if that was, a, you know, so, so if you retired right at that point, your nest egg, you know, your portfolio, 
took a pretty big hit. I want to say it was about a 40% cumulative drop over that two and a half year period to, uh, I want to say the market bottom was like October of 02. So that's two and a half years, your first two and a half, three years of retirement. And you're and can you imagine getting your statements and seeing those come in every month? I mean, I would think that of, uh, I mean, talk about stressful. I think, I think I'd be losing a lot of sleep at night. If it's, if I was in a situation where I was counting on that to generate, you know, let's say income or something, you know, for us to live off of. And so what I suggest, you know, is, is take a look at different ways we can protect it and how much money you really need to have at risk. All right, guys, because because there are some other tools out there that we've talked about before. Uh, I like to, to bring up index annuities um, because they have some nice guarantees. That means that your money is safe. If, uh, in other words, if the market drops, you, you won't lose a penny because of the market dropping. But you can participate when the market's going higher. And so if you had these in your in your portfolio for the last decade, um, depending on which ones you have, the ones that I like have average uh, in, in between or in the seven, eight and nine percent range. So the ten, like over 10 years, it's average eight point two percent. So and that that is net. Um, there are no fees, no charges and no risk of a market loss. So if you're happy with a seven or eight percent return, there are ways you can do it without taking the risk of the stock market. And um, but if you're looking for bigger returns, then, then we can certainly do that, too. We can help you with that, too. But the indexed annuity, it seems like that's a win win or perhaps a win win win. It's <laughs> you, you know, I tell, I tell to me, it is to me. I mean, it's it, it all depends on how you view it. You know, the biggest the biggest drawback that I tell everybody, the biggest drawback to an index annuity is lack of liquidity. All right. That's it. Sure. Because you're you're limited on how much money you can take out. Uh, meaning you can take out five five percent or up to ten percent per year with, without any charge, but you can take that out every year, and and so I think it's a great way to generate retirement income because you know the principal is safe and secure. You don't have to worry about the market. You don't have to worry about anything with regard to you know knocking down the value of that portfolio of that investment, I should say, because inside of that contract, um, inside of the annuity contract, you have guarantees that protect the principal. So. Uh, one thing I would suggest everybody consider is, you know, most folks have about half of their portfolio in bonds, right? Yes. And if you're, if you contain, and in the past, you know, like going back, this came up in what the eighties or the nineties that, that everybody came, was started talking about the 60, 40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, you know, and as you get older, the idea is to lower the percentage of stocks and increase the amount of bonds. Um, you know, it's different for each individual based on, you know, how much risk they want to take. Uh, but generally speaking, let's say it's half and half. Well, for the last 35, 40 years, you, bond, bonds have been in a fantastic market. They've been making money for the last 40 years. And some of us think that if interest rates are going to go higher, that it's going to be difficult to make money with bonds, right? Because as the yields go up, the price goes down. So if you're looking at an environment like we are now, where 30-year bonds are at 2%, you know everything else is really below that. It seems to me that you're not gonna you're not gonna make a great return on the bond side of your portfolio if interest rates, in fact, do go up over time, you know. And so maybe what you do is maybe you think about an index annuity as an alternative for the bonds, you know. You've got a safe, principal protected product, but in the last decade, because we had a good stock market, these things did really well, making seven and eight percent returns. So I think if you if you structure a portfolio like that, I've got a lot of research that shows that you could actually do better than if you did the traditional allocation between stocks and bonds. Well, yeah. I mean, again, that that makes perfect sense. And I love the fact that with an indexed annuity, as you said, you know, you, you get the gains, but you don't suffer the losses. I mean, it, That's right. that just makes sense. 
You, you know what? And depending on the period of time you want to look at, if, if you put an investment in the S&P 500, you know, what, whatever amount you want to put in there, you know, hundred bucks. And you compare that, you know, from the end of the nineties, if you compare that to 2010, 2011, you know, that 15 year, 14, 13 year window, depending on where you're at. The point is if you, if you compare those two, because we had the sell-offs in the early 2000s, then we had another major sell-off in, was it 2008? It's because of those that the index annuities, a lot of them actually, you, you grew more money. You had more money if you had money in the index annuity versus the S&P, if we're looking at periods in the market where we've had ups and downs. Now, if you compare it to the last 10 years where the market's really been, you know, had a phenomenal performance, then no, these are never going to compare. And, and they really shouldn't be compared because you compare, we're comparing apples and oranges here, right? Of course. The S&P 500, you know, the S&P 500, you've got risk with every dollar you put in there. You could theoretically, you, you could lo lose a large percentage of it, right? Yep. Um, so you got a lot of risk. All right. With the index annuities, these are guaranteed against principal loss because, you know, so you cannot lose money because the market drops. So it's a guaranteed type of, we call it a safe money product. So you really need to be comparing it to bonds and other guaranteed vehicles, right? To compare apples to apples, compare this to bank CDs, to other bonds, to other guaranteed investments. And when you do that, that's when I like to say, I, I think of it as another asset class because it'll perform a little bit differently than everything else. And so to me, that's the essence of what you're looking for with diversification are finding vehicles that you have inside of your portfolio that offset one another. So they're not, you know, they're not all on one side of the boat, so to speak. Well, yeah, exactly. Not all on one side of the boat. Yeah, I mean, again, I like the way that uh, that kind of flows. And so you talk about, you know, we're talking about the market. We're talking about putting together the right plan for your situation. And through it all, we still need to have some risk. We still should have some stocks yes. in there, shouldn't we? I, in my opinion, you should. You know, and and it's and obviously they're not for everybody. Just, I think there's very few things on this planet that are for everybody, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's. It all comes down to individual taste. You know, well, I used to say that's why, you know, Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors. And, and I don't even know if they're still around. <laughs> to I don't be honest, but, <laughs> you know, but, but we all have a little bit different taste, right? And, and so there is a, a, you know, we go through risk tolerance and how much risk people are comfortable with. I've got a lot of clients that say to me, Kevin, I don't want to take any risk. And that's fine. You know what? Well, we can do that. I've, I've, had, I've, had, I've had a couple of clients that were on the, uh, let, let's say they're, I, I'd call her ultra conservative. Um, and, and she didn't want to put more than, more than $77,000 with one insurance company. This was back in Illinois, like 15 years ago when the, when the, uh, backup coverage from the state for the life and health guarantee association was a hundred grand. And the idea was 77,000. She can invest it, make interest and still be within the guaranteed amount. If anything happened to the, you know, to the carrier. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wound up writing, I wound up writing over 20 different contracts with her and, and that's, and because I wanted to, to, to do what she wanted and I wanted to keep everything safe. And she wound up with a couple million dollars uh, in annuities that have all that have done very well and, and have grown her money very well. She's still a client of mine. She hasn't lost a penny. Um, and, and she's you know made very good returns. And so uh, I have other clients that like to keep everything in the market because they've got a higher risk tolerance. They might have a pension and Social Security. So their income is covered. And they tell me, you know what? I could lose it all. It's not going to hurt my way of living. And, you know, so it, so it depends on the situation, but I, but there are vehicles like this guys that you can, you can eliminate the risk of a loss due to the market. And if we do have a good market, you can still see six, seven, 8% returns. But the beauty of it is that if we have a lousy market, we go into a bear market or a crash for a year or two years, three years, whatever, you're totally protected with these. You don't have to suffer through that market loss. 
And again, who wants to do, who wants to do that? Well, yeah, you know what? But going but going back to what you should have in the market, you know, I do think you know what I like to do is take is make sure you're covered with everything that you need first, right? So I like to start off with income analysis. We look at everything coming in. We look at everything going out, and and, and hopefully you're in a situation where you you know you're positive cash flow every month, right? Meaning, you know, more, more is coming in than going out. And, um, you know, so we establish that first and then we, we want to establish that all of your income sources are guaranteed. So you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, keeping up with, uh, you know, the cost of living increases, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I like, I like to just have discretionary money in the stock market is my point. First of all, Steve, um, you know, I, I do think if everybody's capable that you should have money in the stock market, because it's, to me, it's the ultimate inflation hedge, you know, as inflation goes, typically the stock market outperforms and, um, so I think it's important, but it's important that we make sure you got all the bases covered with your uh, required, you know, your, all of your basic expenses. And I would say your discretionary expenses too. And then let's talk about putting some of that discretionary money in, in the market so we can uh, stay ahead of inflation and, and uh, participate in growth in the years to come. Well, absolutely, folks. If you'd like to have a conversation with Kevin, just give him a call at 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. You can also just visit the website. I don't think I've mentioned that today, silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out. You can connect with Kevin right there as well. And, you know, you you can find out with that. I mean, you've got updates there darn near every day on things going on, yes. you know, the different blogs that you've got there, the, the mm -hmm. links that you've got in there. I mean, you're a really good aggregator of, of, of really good, solid financial information for those in or near retirement. Oh, hey, I appreciate that, Steve. I really do. And, and you know what, guys, we put a lot of time and I've, and I've got a team that, that helps me with this. It's not just you? Um, <laughs> it's not just me. No, I, I, I wish I had all those skills, but uh, I'll admit I don't. Um, you know, so there's, so we, we, we put resources out there and we put new and fresh content out there all the time. And, and we're trying to provide information, you know, that's helpful and, and useful. And, um, so there's a lot of articles, uh, a, a lot of resources. We have videos that you, videos you can watch as well as the podcast. All of, uh, we, we typically keep like the last, let's say 10 shows or so, mm -hmm. um, on the website and you can listen to the podcast anytime you want, 24 seven. And, uh, and of course you can always give me a call anytime if you have a question or there's something you'd like to talk about. Uh, so by all means, though, please feel free, visit the website. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear it. Let um, me ask you about, you know, yeah, okay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, going back to money in the market, we want to, you know, asset allocation is very important. Uh, a lot of people, the uh, younger folks, I'm going to say, tend to chase the winners, you know, and they wind up with a portfolio of all tech stocks, let's say. Yeah. And it can work, it can work beautifully while they're in favor, you know, but nothing stays in favor forever. And, and so you want to really take a look at whatever you do have in the stock market, take a look at your allocation. And make sure you understand what you have and what you own uh, to make sure you're not taking more risk than uh, perhaps you should. So let me get back to annuities for a second. It just occurred to me. Well, not just, but so you're a fiduciary, meaning that you are transparent in terms of everything, right? Yeah, 100%. Yes. And I mean, in terms of fees and all that kind of stuff. So whether or not yes. you're, you know, you're fee based for the most part, but with, but with annuities, I mean, you know, there are sometimes there's commissions, but you're very clear about that as well, aren't you? Yeah. And, and you know what, guys, the state of Arizona actually passed a new law a couple, I think it was July. Um, that's a requirement for guys like me, advi I should say people, advisors like me, let's say, sure. um, that you're supposed to be getting a form that you sign um, that said, that tells you, like one thing I've mentioned before is, you know, you, you should know um, if, if the person you're working with is licensed, fully licensed to deal, you know, with stocks and bonds and things that are trading on the stock markets. 
as well as insurance products like annuities and things like that. And a lot of people don't, first of all, a lot of people don't realize uh, that you even have to have different licenses for these things. Uh, but the truth is you do. And, and, and the reason I bring it up is that like, like for instance, we talk about, um, you know, I talk about going to a car dealership, right. And they'll have a yeah. big Ford sign out front or a big Chevy sign out oh, front. Yeah. And you, and you know, when you're talking to the Ford guy that he's going to try selling you a Ford. Always. Right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's pretty much how it works. Right. Yeah, of course. But you, but you know, because he's probably wearing a shirt that says Ford on it too. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and all you see are Ford vehicles in the lot. And, and so it's, it's pretty obvious, right. But it's not like that in financial services. And, and, and just like you don't know which licenses people have, you also don't know if they're a fiduciary unless you have the conversation. All right. Because I'm, I'm here to tell you that a lot of brokerage firms, the very, very big ones, a lot of them, like, let's say that have the most offices anywhere in the country, they are not fiduciaries. Right. And they don't, they don't want their brokers to be fiduciaries because it's a higher legal standard and they're afraid that they're going to get sued. And, and so they don't want them to do it. They're the ones, the big brokerage firms are the ones that keep fighting these laws uh, that, that uh, some congressmen have been trying to move through to make everybody a fiduciary. It's the big brokerage firms that don't want that to happen. Well, sure. So, right. Yeah. And so, so, but you know what, guys, a fiduciary is the highest legal standard that you can get. That, that means that that person is supposed to be putting your interest first, right? Ahead of himself or herself, ahead of the firm, ahead of everybody. And, and, and I take great pride in that. And, and, and I do function. Uh, I am a fiduciary. I take great pride in it. And, and that's also a big part of the reason why I represent, I represent dozens and dozens of companies. And, um, and, I, and I get notifications all the time to try to stay on top of who's got the best solutions for what somebody is trying, you know, what problem they're trying to take care of. And, and so that's what I'm doing is I'm trying to figure out the best solution to whatever the goal is or whatever the problem is. We want to fix it and we want to fix it the best way we can, right? Yes. And, uh, and so that's why you want to, in my opinion, you want to work with a fiduciary and you want to work with somebody independent because they should be free from any, any bias or you know, uh, prejudicial you know, behavior or anything like that. Well, conflicts of interest. And, and I mean, it's, it's very exactly. easy. And, and I know that you know, we've talked about this before, but I mean, there are people out there who work for whomever, I'm not going to, but who really are out there pushing products. By that, I mean yes, annuities. They are. And, and oh, they are. all they're doing is selling something because they make money on that. But you That's don't right. do that. Because what you do is, is you don't push, pro you don't, you don't sell products, you offer solutions. And if it makes I, sense, you make, you say, Hey, this might make sense for you. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do. And, and you know what? And I, and I hope this doesn't sound, I hope it doesn't sound bad, but, but I've told a lot of folks that it doesn't matter to me which one you do. And I, and again, I'm not trying to sound flip or something, but no, but, but, that, I don't oh, have an, but there's a comfort in that when you say that it's, you know, I don't have, I don't have an agenda. I, I really don't. And my, I tell you what my agenda is, is I'm trying to find good people to work with that have a sincere desire to talk to somebody like me. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I'm looking for folks, you know, and I'm looking for folks that are, that have a long-term perspective because I really hope that we can have a relationship that develops over years and years and years, because I know in the long run, that's going to be better for everybody because it, you know, a lot of my clients I've had for, for well over 20 years. And, um, you know, and I know that when you work with somebody over a period of time, you know each other, you get to know each other very well, and that makes it that much easier for the advisor to do what's in your best interest because they know you really well. And and so I th to me, that should be the goal for everybody. Obviously, you know, I'm not a good fit with everybody, and I acknowledge that. 
And so what I'm trying to do is find folks that I'm a good fit with. And, um, you know, and, and I think, and I think that when we figure that out, we can do really well. And, and I think the, you know, majority of my clients, my retention rate is something like 99% over the last 20 years. Um, <laughs> show me an advisor I mean, it, like that besides it, you. It, and I can document that because I've got their statements to show you from, from however many years ago you want. Okay. So, so guys, but, but ask you, you know, I think that's a good way to, you know, in, in the business, we call it a metric, you know, it's a way sure. to measure something. Yep, I get it. I think that's a great way to measure. Is this person, is that whoever you're thinking about uh, or whoever you have as an advisor, is this somebody you want to continue to go forward with or, or maybe start a relationship with a good way to figure that out? I think talk to some of their clients, you know, because I've got clients that are willing to talk to you if you'd like. Um, I've got, you know, testimonials and I started us and we started collecting, uh, Google reviews actually. So, but that's a, um, that's I'm, a new rule as well. Before you weren't able to it, do that. That's right. It recently, this re very recently passed. And for the life of me, I never knew why there was, you know, why wouldn't they want, you know, the public to be able to get comments, you know, from, from clients, you know, and find out about these things. It didn't make any sense to me at all, but there's, I, I'm going to, you know, I'll confess there's a lot of laws on the books and a lot of rules and regulations that don't make sense to me. So, um, but anyway, that recently changed. And, right. and so now, you know, so now we can, now we can do that. I've got testimonials. I've got four or five, it's like five pages of testimonials that I, uh, that I hand out to everybody. And so I would, I, I think that's a good way to check it out. And you can Google everybody. Okay? Of course. You Google yes, them. you can. Cause you know, cause, cause I give, I got my clients permission to use their full name and the city and state that they're from. Um, and I, I, you know, written permission to do that before I would ever do it. Um, but you know, you see the commercials that like, you know, John Smith in LA or something. It's like, I mean, come on, yeah. you know, what's <laughs> not by what's the likely, you know, do you really believe that? No. You know, so, uh, so no, my job is, 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 um, you know, really just to get to know each, each person I'm sitting down with. That's what I'm trying to do because the better we know each other, the better job I can do for you. And, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's really the name of the game, but I think it's a great way to tell, you know, how successful an advisor is. Uh, is by how long his clients, how long do his clients stick around? You know, or if, if you get somebody that's happened from firm to firm to firm, that's always a bad sign. That's a red flag. And so if you look at, you know, if you're talking to a broker and he's worked at, you know, five firms in the last five years, I'd probably avoid that person. <laughs> probably so. Well, I think it comes down to, you know, you're, you, you work with their investments, but in addition, you also, you also are investing time and, and there's a correlation yes. between the two. Oh, I think, I think there definitely is. And, and that's the other thing, you know, if, if, if I was meeting with somebody and then I felt like they were trying to rush me out the door or something or get rid of me or say, or, you know, if I, I, I think that's doing a disservice to the person, you know? So I, I, I really, I try to spend as much time as I can with folks. And by the way, there's no charge. I don't charge for meetings. I don't, or phone calls and there's no commitment. There's no obligation. What, what I say to everybody is that, is that I hope um, my goal and my hope is that if we talk about something and you decide to pursue it, that you pursue it with me. That's, I just call it a gentleman's agreement for lack of a better. Yeah, a better right. No, I get it. Sure. You, you, you know, and, and I'm just counting on people to, to, to do that if they go forward to do it with me. And, and I think most everybody does. I'm sure there's been a few that didn't, but, um, you know, that's, that's fine. No big deal. You know, what I'm looking for is to have a good relationship and guys, and I'm sure that's what, uh, that's what everybody else wants, uh, is to have that relationship. And, and you know what I found a lot of folks that I'm, that I'm meeting are, are, uh, like in their fifties and sixties. And they may have been managing their money for a while prior to this, but 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 they're more concerned about safety now. They still want growth, right? But but they know they shouldn't be taking as much risk as they did when they were younger. And and so that's when I'm I'm, I'm seeing a lot more folks, 
you know, decide to, to kind of make a transition. A lot of them never had an advisor before, um, you know, or, you know, they just, they had their 401k from work. Right. Yep. Um, and, and so, but so it's not, but it's not the same thing. And so, so I think there, there is a definite trend that as folks get closer to retirement, uh, they do seek out the use of an advisor and, and the latest study that what Steve and I, you, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, the study that showed the average investor returns is something like 3% higher that used an advisor. Right. Um, I, I need to get back and find that source again. But, um, but the fact of the matter is that the studies have shown, you know, that you'll do, you'll have, you'll basically, the studies have shown you'll have more money if you're working with an advisor over time, because they, theoretically, we can help you avoid the mistakes and we can help you capitalize on the best opportunities that come along. Well, and of course, that's, I mean, that's really what it's all about. Folks, if you want to connect with Kevin, 800-975-6717. You can also visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. And, you know, you talk about, um, you want to talk about real estate for a second? Yeah, we could. Sure. You know so I, and the uh, reason I bring it up is, and, and you probably saw the same story I did, um, but you talk about the, um, the Case-Shiller Home Price Index. Yeah, yes, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> right? So, I mean, there was that's, a big that's story a mouth, this that's week. That's a mouthful. Yeah, well, there was a big story in Wall Street Journal this week about, you know, about what what they think the trends are in real estate. And, and uh, I mean, again, that I mean, that's, a, that's a pretty good investment, right, just overall? Because they say, they say it's probably going to continue to go up for the next couple of years. Yeah, and you, you know what? I, in my opinion, it is a good real estate. It, it is a good investment. I think that it can be a very good inflation hedge because it tend it historically has outperformed inflation. Um, but I'm also reminded of what happened 12, 13 years ago. Oh yeah, and 2008. Yeah. You, you know the and and because excuse me, growing up, my oldest brother was a real estate agent, and and so I heard about the benefits of real estate. You know, as I was growing up, yeah, and 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 I remember hearing that they they would tell people that real estate appreciates something like seven to eight percent a year, and and that it's like never lost money, and and there's a lot of people that thought that right until it actually happened in in '08, and uh, but there's a lot of people that I've met in my lifetime that that thought real estate always goes up, and and I do believe that right now it looks like it's going to continue going higher for a while yet. But I am never going to say anything is always going to go up. Well, no, you and, can't. Y- y- right? Not if yeah. you're being honest. No, of course <laughs> if you're not. being honest and ethical, right? Um, you know, so I, I'm going to put it in the category of, of you know, well, you, well, first of all, we want to talk about how you're going to invest in real estate. And and one thing that I talk that I talk about is, for instance, I've got I've got some clients that let's say they're builders, and they're making their living, right? Their career, they're making their living off of off of real estate. So I don't know if it's a good idea for them to have real estate in their investment portfolio. Because what if it all goes south? Well, so both their yeah, job, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I think it's important to look at the individual, you know, and look at what exposure you have. You know, if you're an individual that you own your house and let's say you also have a rental property, then maybe you don't want any more real estate in, in your in your stock market portfolio. You know, so I want to look at the whole picture. What the person has as assets. Um, if you don't have anything other than your primary home. Then I'm going to say it might make then and to me it would make sense to have some exposure to real estate through the stock market. You know, there's a lot of ways we could do it. Um, for instance, you could buy the builders is one of the easiest ways, just buy the home builders. You know, um, but there's a lot of things that can be impacted by that. You know, a lot of things that were happening, let's say over the last couple of years during COVID, for instance, companies like Lowe's and Home Depot did fantastic because the theory was that people aren't going to be selling their home and moving, right? They're going to be remodeling their house especially as people were shifting to working from home, yep. they're going to be doing renovations to make their home office more comfortable, things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 
And so there's a lot of ways you can play it. It doesn't have to be a direct, you know, something. It doesn't have to be something that says realty in the name of it. Oh, yeah, of course. All right. Uh, right. I was just curious. I mean, I saw that story this week and it kind of struck me because I know, yeah. you know, in my neighborhood, I, I mean, the, the values are just going astronomical and you kind of go, well, maybe I should get in on this. Yeah. And that's in some of the exchange traded funds, like um, I think Vanguard is it VNQ, I believe, um, isn't it is a real estate you know fund that they manage. And pretty sure it's doing re- pretty. I believe it's doing really well lately. Huh. And 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 so. Uh, there are investments out there that you can get involved with folks that have low expense ratios. And, and by the way, I do own that for my cl- for a lot of my clients. Um, and, and um, you know, but I think you should be diversified. You know, like lately, for instance, financials have been doing fantastic in the stock market and uh, energy stocks that have been that were doing horrible for years. In fact, a lot of energy stocks had negative returns for the last three years um, until the last until the last 12 months. If you look at the three year average return on some energy mutual funds, they're negative. And so, so if you're playing the sectors like that, you do want to be careful because they come in and out of favor and it can happen very quickly. Sure. All right. Let's, uh, before we wrap it up here, let's talk pure growth. Um, we haven't really talked about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Market's been pretty good. Uh, what do things look yes. like for you? Y- you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. And uh, you, you know what? Steve and I were talking a little before the show. And, and what I mentioned to him is that one thing I'm concerned about with the market is the breadth. And uh, it's my opinion that it's a small group of companies that have been doing really well that have been driving the indexes higher. And a lot of you guys, you know, for instance, Apple, um, as Apple goes, so goes the market because it's such a huge percentage. Um, but pure growth, however, and a lot of other stocks have not been doing well lately. Um, we have lost about four or 5% in the last, uh, I'd say six weeks, seven weeks. And, and so I'm seeing, you know, a lot of the trading strategies, they're, they're not working as well as they were at the beginning of the year. And so this is this when I see things like this happening, it makes me say, you know what, maybe I, maybe we should pare back a little bit um, because maybe there maybe it's you know, a lot of times when you lose breadth and, and, and the market leadership becomes narrowed. A lot of times that that can signal, you know, kind of like a market top. And it doesn't mean it has to be a, it doesn't mean it's necessarily the beginning of a correction. It just means the market might take a little pause, you know, maybe go sideways or back off a little bit. I'm, and I mean, very small right now. It seems like maybe one or two percent is about is about the sell offs that we've been seeing. And so so uh, but today with the passage of um, I shouldn't say passage, it looks like the Democrats are going to pass what one point seven five trillion in, in spending and bridges and highways and and expanding Medicare to include hearing, I believe. Um, you know, so they're not getting every. But the good the good news is that it's a compromise, right? Because Democrats, they're not getting nobody's getting everything they wanted. No, yeah, and, and, and that, that never happens. Right. And that, that to me is the essence of compromise. Right. Exactly. It? Yeah. You know, so I think it's positive. And I think the mar- the stock market, like, you know, is a good reaction from the stock market also, guys, because the other positive about it is that some of the tax hikes that were floating around don't look like they're going to be coming through and the taxes aren't going to be raised as much as some people thought they would. Right. Um, and and if you make less than 400 grand a year. You're not going to have higher taxes at all, according to uh, the reports that I'm hearing so far. Sure. And again, I mean, those are the things that you have to, uh, you know, make, I mean, you have to follow along because you don't, you know, you know Washington is a, is a weird place. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to say you know, look at my left yeah. hand, don't look at my right. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. So uh, we, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. We're going to no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. No, 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 um, no, no. no. Y- y- you know what? But something happened in the valley, and, and I know we, we are a financial show, an investing show. Um, but I got to admit, I'm excited. We've got the Green Bay Packers in town for Thursday night football. Oh man! And uh, 
So we are really, you know, all you Cardinals fans stand up and uh, support your home team. Uh, the only undefeated team left in the NFL being the Cardinals. Uh, this is probably the biggest challenge they've had so far. Well, it should be a good game. And, uh, you know, you've yes. got uh, Aaron Rodgers hanging out doing, I mean, you know, he seems to be doing all kinds of weird things. So it, it should be it a good is. one. It should be it should be a real good one. So I'm going to say, uh, you know, guys, uh, and if you have any questions, like to talk, reach out anytime. Other than that, let's go Cardinals. Let's go Cardinals. 800-975-6717. Visit silverleaffinancial.com. Kevin, as always, it's a pleasure. I, I love our conversations. We cover a lot of ground. And, and again, there's always meaningful information. Uh, you know what? I, I appreciate it, Steve. And guys, I hope you found this information useful. And uh, if you have any suggestions, feel free to reach out anytime. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment, security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.